And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning into this the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post game show there is. Thank you to everyone tuning in live on the Twitch stream at on blast podcast or on twitter at shell alexander or at youtube or instagram both at sheldon alexander of course send in your comments and questions at both places because i will take them because i know right now the raptors fan base is definitely fired up and why exactly is the raptors fan base fired up because it's two straight wins in a row against the milwaukee bucks And let's be honest, there's a different vibe, right, when the Raptors play the Bucs now. Because we're always going to have the memories of the Eastern Conference Championship against the Bucs. It's always going to be in the minds of Raptors fans. So there's always a special place for handing out whoopings to not only Giannis Antetokounmpo, but especially our guy, your friend and mine, Chris Middleton. And the Raptors figured out a way to get it done here two nights in a row as they win 110-96. to Two games in a row. Obviously not two nights in a row. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. But again, Raptors fans, I know you guys are fired up. So please send in your comments and questions on all the places I just mentioned. All the people filtering in on the YouTube or on the Instagram feed. Just know, go to the link in bio. It'll take you directly to the YouTube chat where you can send in your comments and questions and watch the pod. You can put us up on your TV, you can watch us on your iPad, any way you want. You can join into this, again, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Because I want to hear from you guys, especially tonight. This is why we created this podcast. For nights like this, when we know the fan base is going to be fired up because that's two big wins against a rival team, the Milwaukee Bucks. And anytime you can do that, especially without Kyle Lowry, you take that as a Toronto Raptors, you take that as Nick Nurse, and you just look at this game and you think, hey, the Raptors come up big in a night when Kyle Lowry's out of the lineup, which was a weird sort of situation if you think about it, because if you go back, people thought it was an ankle injury for Kyle. And instead, today we find out, no, actually he's out with a thumb. And it's a left thumb injury, which Kyle missed 11 games last year with that left thumb injury. And I'm pretty sure it's the same thumb that he had surgery on that he was battling through uh, the NBA Finals run as well. So it's kind of been a thing, Kyle and this thumb. So he might be out a couple games. So we know that Malachi Flynn was called up after playing this morning for the G League team, Raps 905. Got on the PJ and found his way to Milwaukee to join the team. But the Raptors, here's the thing. I've been stressing this from the get-go. From the 2-8 and eight record. The most important thing is just get to 500. Worry about the standings later. Just get to 500. Because 500 means you're in the mix of the playoffs. And this season has been so jumbled up. So messed up. You got teams like, look at the Bucks. They've lost four in a row now and four in a row without Drew Holiday, which is a big deal for them because they're a top heavy team, right? So missing Drew Holiday is massive for them, but they've lost four in a row now and all these teams, the records are pretty close. So if you're the Raptors, get to 500 and then worry about the standings and seedings and all that afterwards. So to get to 14 and 15 
after that 2-8 and eight start is huge. Another stat that I saw that was pretty weird was the Raptors are now 15-2 and two over the last two seasons without Kyle Lowry. And they've won 13 straight games without Kyle Lowry. Which seems weird. But I think I might have a theory as to why. So, I feel as if Norm, and the whole thing with Norm coming off the bench or starting, the whole thing is about the Raptors' hierarchy in terms of who gets what shots, who takes what shots. And we've talked about this a lot, right? Who's the man, who's not the man, and all that stuff. And to me, it's more about who's the crunch time man. But if you just look at terms of the hierarchy of how the game and the flow of the game goes, Norm, when he starts, and Norm is mostly starting because someone's injured, right? Either it's Pascal, either it's OG, or in this instance, Kyle Lowry. But when Norm is in the starting lineup, that means he's taking whatever shot he wants, right? Like, as soon as the game starts, Norm has no hesitation. He's taking whatever shot he wants. And even if he misses, he's still in the game for a while, a solid chunk, so he can find his he can find his mojo. He can find his swag, so to speak. When Norm's coming off the bench, it's kind of like, okay, well, do I shoot now? Do I shoot? Do I wait for Kyle to pass me the ball? Do I go get the ball? Like he has to take time to find himself in the game. And sometimes when you're coming off the bench, and this is just different players' mentalities. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Not everybody is Lou Will just coming off the bench and cooking, right? That is a special mindset, a special skill. Because if a lot of guys could do it, there'd be a lot of dudes making a lot of money in the league doing that. And there just isn't. So when when Norm comes off the bench, I feel like his mentality is just different. It takes him a while to find himself in the game. And while that's happening, there's so many moving pieces because you get more bench guys coming into the lineup. So now he's playing with a bunch of different dudes as opposed to when the game checks in, he knows pretty much for the most part for the start of the game, it's going to be Pascal and then him taking the shots for the most part. He can take whatever shot he wants. When you add in Kyle, it changes a hierarchy of who's going to go, who's going to shoot when. Whereas when you remove Kyle, all these guys kind of feel like, okay, well, I got to step up because Kyle Lowry's not there. I just think it's a mindset thing for the Raps. And Freddie knows he, he's got to be on in terms of leading the offense, not only scoring, but also passing the ball, setting the flow, setting the tempo of the game. And I think that's why you see a different kind of look from the Raptors and why you look at something and you say, well, 15 and two in their last 17 games without Kyle Lowry, 13 straight wins without Kyle Lowry. I mean, you got to look at that and it says something. It says something about just the mentality this team plays with, because obviously they're not better without Kyle Lowry, but I think the way that everyone falls into the pecking order or the food chain just fits better because Norm's a gunner. Let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. Norm, there's no bad shot for Norman Powell. If you play, if you pay attention to Norm, and especially over this last little run, Norm's only passing the ball when he has to. And I'm not saying that as a knock because it's going in. And if the ball's going in, keep shooting. And tonight finishes with 29 points, 9 of 12 from Norm, 4 of 7 from 3. And then you look at Pascal Siakam, also has a big game. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Those are just big boy numbers from those two guys. And at that point, it doesn't matter what Giannis did. It doesn't matter. As mentioned, Bucks fall to 0-5 without Drew Holiday. Giannis fouled out in this game. 23, 12, and 8. So 
again, Giannis can do whatever he wants, but it comes down to the others. And when one of your others, in terms of Drew Holiday's in there, that means Chris Middleton needs to step up. And Chris Middleton, if you follow me on this pod, you know I've been on Chris Middleton just in terms of like, come on, man. We don't believe you need more people. And that's Chris Middleton. Said that from time. And he's done very little to prove me otherwise. <laughs> like, in this game, 13 points on 13 shots. 5 of 13 in this game for Chris Middleton. You know with Drew Holiday out, you got to step up and come up big. And you come up with 5 of 13 for 13 points for Chris Middleton. Now, part of that is Chris Middleton just shook ones whenever he sees a Raptors jersey. But the other part is the Raptors themselves. So, again, Kyle Lowry not in the lineup. And so that made people wonder, okay, well, which way is Nick Nurse going to turn now? Because they played well with the small lineup. And Baines was better in smaller spurts off the bench. So what are they going to do? Nurse decides to continue playing small and put in DeAndre Bembry into the starting lineup. And the thing about Bembry, day one, wrap it up, peeps, from the start of the year. No, or if you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been talking. More Bembry minutes. More Bembry minutes. So I love this move in terms of putting Bembry into the starting lineup because I feel like he's a perfect fit that doesn't mess with kind of the flow of what's going on. We've saw different points where they would turn maybe to Terrence Davis in the situation who appears to be basically out of the rotation, but Terrence Davis comes in and he's shooting. Bembry is coming in and he is fitting into a role. First and foremost, playing defense. So now if you're talking about perimeter defenders of DeAndre Bembry and OG Ananobi, and you have those two guys along with Pascal Siakam, whenever a switch pops up to guard Giannis and Middleton, that to me is why you look at Chris Middleton's stat line and you say he went 5 for 13, or even Giannis went 8 for 20, and Giannis had, what, five turnovers in this game. Because the the, the defensive pressure on the two of those guys made life difficult. Also, if you know the Raptors, there's no way guys like Pat Connington were going to have another big boy game like he did in the last game against the Raps. You just knew that wasn't going to happen. The Raptors are too good defensively. The Raptors are too well coached. That wasn't going to happen two nights in a row. So credit to that. But send in your comments and questions. I'll get to that. I'll go through quickly in terms of what happened in the game. But of course, if you're listening to the pod right now, send in your comments and questions in the chat, wherever you happen to be listening, whether again, you are on Twitch, whether you are on YouTube or uh, Twitter or Instagram, send in your comments and questions and I will read them momentarily. But let's go through things here. So the start of the game, as mentioned, Norman Powell comes out gunning. My guy had 15 points in that first quarter and... 15 of the Raptors, 33 points in that first quarter. As the Raptors led 33 to 26 after one. And Norm, the way that he was doing it, he was knocking down threes and everything's just in rhythm. You can tell right away when Norm is feeling it and he shoots such a high percentage, nine of 12, because everything's just within the flow. When he's getting the ball on a swing, he's shooting it in rhythm and it's going in. If the defender comes out, he's under control in terms of, not trying to force the three, but he's going to up fake and drive to the basket under control and finish at the rim. And to get off to a start where you're dropping 15 points in the first quarter, that's a great look for the Raps and a great look for Norman Powell. Again, remember a couple games ago, we showed the stat 
of, and if I could find it, I don't know, I'd have to scroll pretty far down my notes here, but we're, it was first quarter scoring, and Norman Powell, if I'm not mistaken, was third in the entire NBA in first quarter scoring. And when you looked at the rest of the people who would have been on that list, I want to say that Norman Powell was third, and he was behind like Steph Curry and... Uh, I think it was like Steph Curry and LeBron or something like that. Like, I can't remember who it exactly was, and I apologize. And even as I'm scrolling through my my notes here, I don't even remember what game it was that I had those notes written down. But the point is, Norman Powell was third in the NBA in first quarter scoring, basically since the point when he entered the Raptors starting lineup. And the reason why that's so important is because, again, Norm is in there. He knows what he's doing. He knows that he's going to get a couple sets run for him. He knows that when he's on the floor, that first defender is probably going to be guarding Pascal. The second defender has to guard one of the guards, whether it's Kyle or Fred. And so Norm, most notably, is going to be faced up against maybe the third best defender on the other team. And he's going to take advantage of that. And He's been doing that night in and night out so far, and it's been great to see. So, again, Raptors led 33-26 after one quarter. Second quarter, we saw some Matt Thomas minutes, and this is what I was talking about in terms of a sign that Terrence Davis is out of the rotation. Early Matt Thomas minutes, and, you know, at this point, Matt Thomas hit a three to put the wraps up 12. They're, this lineup that they had to start the second quarter of Siakam with... And this was going from small to a big lineup because you have Matt Thomas, right, with Bembry, Siakam, and then Baines and Boucher. So you have that unit, which, I mean, if you looked, if there was a training camp, which I know there kind of was, but not really, but how many people at the start of the season thought that you would see a lineup of the Toronto Raptors playing at the same time, Pascal Siakam out there with Matt Thomas, DeAndre Bembry, Chris Boucher, and Aaron Baines. But hey, this is what Nick Nurse does. He finds ways to juggle his lineups to get the most out of the dudes he's putting in. And knowing that, hey, well, I can play now that I have Baines coming off the bench in shorter spurts, and Boucher has been so good on the glass, what if I put Boucher in with Baines and have both of them on the on the glass, both of them clogging up the paint for Giannis? It proved to be a great move by Nurse as it was part of a 22 to 7 run and Bembry's knocking down threes at that point Raptors were up 17 the Bucks had a drought in that second quarter where they didn't score for five minutes and in that first half 17 bench points for the Raptors just great defense there's a great play where Fred Van Fleet was able to find Chris Boucher on the pick and roll for a dunk and I got to give Freddie a lot of credit he's been doing a lot better this season for sure on the pick and roll play and running that pick and roll as the lead guard and when the Raps got it cooking like that when Boucher's able to to get buckets like that that's what we saw a lot from Serge being able to score on that pick and roll is Boucher there yet no but we're seeing a lot of good signs so right before the half, I thought this was very funny. And I know I pick on Chris, Chris Middleton a lot. I know I do. And it stems, for people who are new to the pod, my, my whole issue with Chris Middleton stems from all of the talk going into the conference finals against the Toronto Raptors and how the Bucks were picked as like far and away favorites against the Toronto Raptors. And I thought that was absolutely insane because... 
part of the reason was, I was like, who are these other guys? Of course, Giannis is going to get his, cool. But if you're telling me that Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe is what the Raptors should be afraid of to be the massive underdogs that they were heading into that series, I needed to see it. And Chris Middleton, Kawhi Leonard had had him on manners the whole series. And Middleton only got buckets when Kawhi wasn't around. So that's kind of where the joke started from. And now it's just turned into anytime Middleton sees the Raptors, most often than not, my guy's struggling. He might have the odd game here or there, but most often than not, he's struggling. And tonight I thought this play was so funny right before the half. Middleton gets the ball and he's clearing out. He's waving to everyone, clear out. And OG's just kind of standing there, like straight up, not even bent over in a in a defensive position. OG's just kind of standing there like, yeah, okay, this is what this guy's going to do. All right. So now the clock's winding down before the half. Middleton starts his dribble. OG's ready. And Middleton tries to hit him with the cross, step back jumper. And OG blocked it as if he was playing defense against a high schooler. <laughs> It was the most disrespectful block on a three I've seen in a long time. And it was made so much better because your man's Middleton was here like, no, clear out, clear out. I got this. And my guy got stuffed by OG Ananobi. I just thought that was hilarious. And at that point, I can't even lie. At that point, I was like, this game's over. Jam done. Raps were up at the half, 58 to 41. Norm with 17, Pascal with 13. Bucks with a season low for first half points with 41. And as mentioned, they finished with a season low 96 points in this game. So, hey, Raptors defense was on one in this game. Got to give them a lot of credit. Third quarter, much of the same script. Norm keeps cooking, hitting threes, taking it to the cup. Raptors were up by 21. I had it at one point. It might have even gotten to more because it got kind of ugly. Shouts to Freddie who had... Giannis on an island and Freddie just kind of hit him with the hezzy, hit him with the cross, drove in the lane, little left-hander, left-handed floater to the left, to the left, had Giannis just on skates. Fred, I mean, watching Fred Van Vliet night in, night out, and I know this is weird because there's two things going on here because Kyle Lowry is still here, but I'm appreciating watching the fact that everyone gets to accept now and be happy with and watch Freddie take over as the leader of this team. That's just a cool thing to watch happen in real time. And that's no shade at Kyle because obviously everyone loves Kyle's, that Kyle's still here. Fred loves that Kyle's still here. I love that Kyle's still here. But I'm saying you feel a lot more comfortable with what might end up happening after this season because you're seeing the confidence from Fred Van Fleet as a leader. And how he's able to get to the cup and, and make those tough layups, how he's able to just take charge and take control of the team. All of these things are such great signs to watch from Fred Van Fleet as he continues to develop and take over as the leader of the Raps. So the Bucks kind of make a run at the end of that third quarter where, you know, the Bucks go on a 16 to five run and it was actually keyed by Giannis's brother, brother, Thanasis, who came in and he was just an active body. Like my guy was getting on the glass. My guy was grabbing rebounds. He was boxing out. He was getting dunks, which was weird. I mean, I didn't even know he played that much, which he didn't really, but it was allowed a couple minutes that he had. Like he was definitely a factor. He was getting fouled, going to the basket and he was screaming. He was making defensive stops. It was interesting. And to start the fourth quarter, 
The Bucks actually cut the lead to 10. But things turned, I think, with Nurse trusting his rotation and his lineups. Freddie and Pascal go to the bench, and it was actually OG and Anobi who led what was going on at the offensive end. And I thought it was really cool to watch OG here because we're seeing OG develop more and more and seeing him gain confidence more and more. And does he look as smooth as you might want him to be in terms of like, you know, a guy leading your offense for spurts on the floor? Maybe not, but you're seeing the development there. You're seeing him more under control and more on balance in terms of him driving to the basket and being able to finish with his left hand or even be able to finish after he gathers and goes back up with to finish with a tough floater or whatever. But three straight times to the cup, OG Ananobi, and, and the last one, he just put his head down and bullied Chris Middleton again. And I know I'm picking on Chris Middleton, but I think it's deserved. And I just think watching OG there, it was great to see. Also, Pascal, very confident. There's a play where Pascal looked up, he saw Theonis, and he went right at him. Or Thanasis, pardon me, my bad. Theonis, I combined the two of them. Thanasis, and he goes at him, goes right to the cup, scores. And then later on in the game, he ends up in the same situation, but this time with Giannis. And I love the fact, like, I was so interested to see what Pascal was going to do in that moment. And he looked right up at Giannis and took him straight to the cup. And I thought that was an awesome look and one for Pascal. Give a little scream, make a little noise. What I, I tried to sing the song. What's, san, what's the song? Do a little dance, make a little noise, something like that. I messed up the line, but you know what I'm saying. Great play by Pascal Siakam as he's screaming as mentioned, Raptors go on to win 110 to 96. Raptors improve now to 14 and 15. You're one game away from being at the 500 mark, and you head into Minnesota. Revenge game. Let's go. Pascal, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Norman Powell, 29 points on 9 of 12 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3. Also give Norm 4 rebounds and 3 assists. Also, I'd like to say Fred Van Vliet, a solid game from Freddie and Fred Van Vliet in this game, putting in work as well for the Toronto Raptors. He finished with 17 points, eight assists, five rebounds for Freddie, three of eight from three, five of 15 from the floor. Just a great night all in all. And OG, OG stat lines weird, 10 points, four of 12 shooting, but he was 0 of six from three. So that was just super interesting to watch. But I think if you're the Toronto Raptors, you're just happy that OG is back in the lineup because if OG and Kyle were down, things might be a lot tougher for the Raptors. But here you are. You, you, you take what you got in terms of who you, who you have to play and huge shouts to Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse just continues to roll guys out and figure it all out. But let me get to some comments here. Let me get to some comments. Where do we want to start tonight? I, I haven't started on YouTube yet, so I'm going to start on YouTube. Steven says, can we reach 500 tomorrow? Great way to start. What a ruthless five games in seven nights. Got to give the Raps credit because they continue to show out and they continue to play and have these moments where, you know, the schedule is tough, but they're figuring it out and they're finding ways to just get wins. And it sucks because I know you look back on the Monday night game against the T-Wolves and you think, how much better would you be feeling right now if you'd won that game against the T-Wolves and then beat the Bucks twice in a row? But hey, 
Can't go back in time. All you can do is focus on what you got tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, you got revenge. Hey, just take care of business. Susan says, that was sweet. A sweet, sweet win. K2's Garnett, I'm throwing a 500 party tomorrow. <laughs> I think I got a lot of text messages tonight too from friends who are Raptors fans. And you could tell beating the Bucks two games in a row, that just got the fan base a little more hype. And I like that. I like when the fan base is more hype, when people start to, oh, okay, okay, the season's not a loss. We can, we can do some stuff here. I like that. Colin says now five in a row for the Bucks. I think I said four in a row for the Bucks earlier, but five in a row. Thanks to Colin and Tammy for correcting me. Appreciate that. Uh, more comments. Elijah says, I'm very impressed. There were a ton of good things to talk about. Feels good to be a Raps fan right now. I mean, it definitely feels good to be a Raps fan now at 14 and 15 than it did at two and eight, right? Like I, I'm, I'm totally honest with you guys when I say, when the Raps were two and eight, I was looking at the NBA like per draft projection boards to be like, who are these guys in college that I should be watching? And not because I thought the Raptors would be there the whole season, but just in case, right? <laughs> just in case. Uh, KL says, that's why we shouldn't trade Lowry or that's why we should trade Lowry. It's time to pass to Fred Van Vliet and Norm. Oof. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of time to discuss that. That's for sure. That's that's a thing for sure. Uh, more comments. Look at our roster tonight. We struggle without Fred Van Fleet. We wrote trade Lowry this season. Maybe sign and trade in the offseason, but we have no real backup point guard. I think that's true, but I think that's also interesting to see. Um, it's interesting to see what's going on with Malachi. So you send him down, make sure he gets some reps, make sure he gets, you know, some experience and he gets to play. And then when need be, you bring him back up and hope that that development kind of helps him as he goes through the cycle, the same cycle that Freddie, Pascal, Norm, Chris Boucher, all those guys went through as well. So you hope Malachi will eventually be that backup point guard, right? I guess that's the plan. Steven says it's up to K-Lo. Is he wants a trade or not? Personally speaking, Kalo should finish his career as a Raptor. A lot of time to discuss that. I, I I hear you guys, and I'm here for that full conversation. We're just not there yet. Keith says Siakam was giving it to Giannis. I love to see it. That's what you want to see. Those are the dudes, like fair or not, fair or not, in reality, Pascal Siakam going up against Giannis, if the Raps are to make moves in the playoffs, that's what's going to have to happen. I know people don't want to compare Pascal to other max guys in the league, but if you're talking about your team making a run in the playoffs, you got to be going at Giannis. So that was a great sign to see for sure. Uh, more comments. Solomon says, do you think Van Fleet makes the all-star game this year? I don't, but I, I think it's kind of tough. The Raptors having this late push in terms of making their spot in the standings a lot better gives a lot more reason to possibly take a raptor but i wonder if people lean towards because it's the coaches that pick i think but i think people lead more to kyle just as the og vet than they would lean to freddie but i don't know it's it, it's interesting either way because i think freddie has done enough to get some headlines, right? He's had some big plays down the stretch. Obviously, we know about the 54-point night. So people know Freddie is that dude. I just don't know if 
it's time yet, let's say, to fully hand over the all-star torch from Kyle Lowry, who's been a consistent all-star for, what, five, six straight years, and then hand that over past Siakam as well to Freddie. That's going to be tough. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just think that's a tough, 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 tough thing. There's so many comments. I'm going to come back to YouTube. Let me go to IG because I know my IG people are probably mad at me already that I didn't go to IG first because you got to understand the IG people are the day ones. Those are the regulars, right? Uh, I'm going to get some comments. Anne says the Bucks have lost five in a row, which I mean, that's a lot. That's a bad losing streak for sure. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says, I mentioned that they play well without Lowry because they don't have him to carry the load, so everyone needs to step up and play team ball. For sure, I think it's a mentality thing. They know they have to step up, and that's kind of why Kyle, you know, without Kyle, everyone knows, okay, we don't have the big dog, so we all got to step up, and that's what ends up happening. I think that makes sense. <laughs> People are calling the big three Norm, Pascal, and Freddie. <laughs> I love what a couple wins against the Bucks does to the Raptors fan base. That's um, That's hilarious to me. Uh, another comment from Instagram. There was that one play where he settled on the jumper over Dante and then the next possession he drove at Giannis. Oh, talking about Pascal. Yeah, we're, we're seeing it from Pascal. And overall, Pascal Siakam has been playing a whole lot better than he was to start the season, which is just a great sign if you're a Raptors fan because, let's be honest, he was struggling to start the year and he was struggling in the bubble. So people, a lot of people were, were nervous. But I think... I said at the time, he's not as bad as he was playing in the bubble or at the start of the of this season, but he's also not as good as he was showing at the start of last year, right? Like it was somewhere in the middle and there's still a really, really good player in there and a player who is a huge contributor to the Raptors, but I think we're seeing more of what Pascal is. And what I mean by that is it's not all about getting to 25 or 30 points a night. The reason why Pascal is as good as he was or as valuable as he was to the Raptors was because of all the other things that he's capable of doing in terms of being a high-level defender, in terms of rebounding the ball, in terms of playmaking, running the floor, doing all that stuff as well. That's what made Pascal great. We just assume and people watch it and think that, you know, best player in the league, best player on the team or max money guy means that it has to be, oh, you score 30 a night. And that's not necessarily the case. As long as he's doing other things, I got no problems with that at all. Uh, another comment says, thank God Masai didn't hire Bud and we got Nick Nurse who adjusts. Budenholzer is such an interesting coach. I don't even know how to fully express how confused I am by Mike Budenholzer and some of the moves that he makes. So in this game, everyone talks about the minutes, right? And Giannis's minutes and how he's always managing them. In this game, the Bucks are making a comeback. Giannis is spearheading the comeback. In fact, Giannis is the only one on offense that is able to create for himself or for someone else on their team. So you decide that Giannis, after he picks up his fifth foul, you're going to take him out of the game when you're only now starting to make a run because of Giannis. That was just puzzling to me. To me at that point, leave Giannis in the game because he's the one carrying your offense. And if he fouls out, you're going to lose anyways. And guess what? He fouled out and they lost anyways. But my point is, by the point, by the time he came back in the game, the Raptors made a run to extend the lead back. It was back over double digits again. 
So I didn't really understand that move, but it's becoming too easy of a thing to crush the uh, moves made by Mike Budenholzer. So I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. That's kind of, you know, whatever. We know we know between Middleton and Mike Budenholzer, I feel bad for Giannis, man. I feel bad for Giannis. Let me go to Twitter and get some comments here. It's funny how the Raps take down big teams with struggling with weak teams. That's about that's just being mentally tough. You know, that's a tough thing. And against those weak teams, sometimes it's 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 human nature that you're gonna have kind of a lax attitude sometimes when you're playing against a lesser team. But if you're the Raptors or if you go back, forget about the Raptors for a sec. Go to like big time games, right? Or big time teams, the Lakers or whatever. They might toy around because they took a team, a lower team, for granted, but then they're able to flick the switch at the end and win. The Raptors aren't that level of team anymore, so they have to come out with intensity and take care of business from start to finish when they're playing a team like Minnesota that they will do again. Uh, more comments in the Twitter sphere here. My guy LT. Rap should have made the temporary home in Milwaukee. They living rent free in the Bucks' heads. <laughs> well played. I like that. I like that. The Bucks, they showed it. The last time the Bucks lost four in a row, it was to the Raptors. When the Raptors beat them four straight games to make the NBA Finals. Again, memories that will last forever in the minds of Raptors fans, right? We'll always love that. That'll always, like, every time I see that Kawhi Leonard dunk on the fast break, how Kyle Lowry just toyed with everybody and waited and waited and waited and then passed it to Kawhi to baptize Giannis, I get hype every time I see that. I will never, I will never watch that and not get hype. So, hey, Milwaukee, you guys have a problem. You better hope Drew Holiday is okay, and you better hope he comes back soon, because with no Drew Holiday... Y'all might lose in the first round. That's that's real. If that's a 4-5 matchup with Milwaukee and Drew Holiday is not back or they haven't played enough minutes with all of their real team and you're talking about it could be a 4-5 matchup like Bucks against the Celtics or Bucks Raptors, how much how heavy favorites are the Bucks to win that series? Heck, right now it's 3-6 matchup Raptors Bucks. I don't think the Raptors fear that matchup. And again, I'm stating the Bucs are a different team with Drew Holiday. They are. But also the Raptors are a different team with Kyle Lowry. So there's there's something there for sure. But I will emphasize that the Bucs, because they lost assets, they really do need Drew Holiday. He's top heavy. He is like, I mean, you know what? I'm tired of gassing Drew Holiday. I'm just going to let him come back or let the facts show of what their record is with Drew Holiday and without Drew Holiday as they've now lost five in a row. So either way, Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. Let me, do we want some more comments here? What's the YouTube chat saying here? I know the YouTube has been going. Um, Mazar says, just let Lowry rest until he fully heals up. Totally agree. There's not going to be a rush to, to get Kyle Lowry back I mean he's probably gonna be itching to come back because that's just Kyle Lowry but hey Bob Charlie Bob Charlie says what do you think about Giannis and the elbow he threw at OG at the end he should have gotten a flagrant two that was clear intent he looked at OG first and threw that elbow at his neck um 
I'm not going to get into the whole what's a flagrant one, flagrant two. They made the call. It was a flagrant foul. Like, he's fouling out anyways. Yeah, it was a play where he was trying to aggressively, like, force OG out. Was he trying to elbow him in the mouth or elbow him in the chest? I don't know, but I'm not going to try to pretend to get into Giannis's head because I don't think Giannis has a rep of a dirty player. Was that a dirty play? It was definitely borderline. It wasn't a good look for Giannis at all. Definitely wasn't a good look. Um, let me get to some more comments. Susan says, we got Giannis wishing he hadn't signed with the Bucks. <laughs> I Listen, the Bucks. I think the Bucks will be okay. They're not going to be as bad as they've been over this last little stretch. And just like the Raptors weren't as bad as they were when they had their terrible stretch. But they didn't look good. They definitely did not look good in this game at all. So I'm interested to see. Because if you look at what's going on in the Eastern Conference right now, right? And Philadelphia is at the top, followed by the Brooklyn Nets. But then after that, if you look at the Bucks, the Pacers... Celtics, the Raptors, right? Because even after that fall off, you still got the Knicks, Charlotte, like all those other teams. Miami's down there as well. You assume a run is coming from them at some point. But the point I'm trying to make here is you look at a bunch of those teams and there are moves to be made. If you're the Bucks, if you're the Celtics, if you're the Raptors, if you're the Heat, right? And who knows? The Knicks added Derrick Rose, which was big for them to solidify and just add another adult in the room. So, there are moves to be made here and guys who might be available. If you're talking about Vucevic going to the Celtics or Drummond signing as after he gets bought out, even Blake Griffin, if you put him in the right situation, he can be a, a piece that helps a team that already has a foundation of good players and that could swing a series in the Eastern Conference. So that part is also going to be super, super interesting. Is there something the Bucks can do? Because a this whole thing, yes, you got Giannis to sign, but now you got to make sure you got Giannis to sign. You got to be getting to the finals at some point. You got to be getting to the conference finals at some point. You can't have another second round knockout if you're the Bucks. So either Drew Holiday comes back and they go on a crazy run or a move has to be made before the trade deadline. But again, you can say that about a lot of the teams right now in that Eastern Conference as they're all bunched up together. Wow, I just saw the Lakers or the Lakers Nets score. That's hilarious because just before we started the podcast, I messaged a friend and said, Hey, take the Nets. <laughs> but anyways, the Raptors win 110 to 106. Or that's a complete wrong score. That's the second game in a row at the very end of the pod where I'm just like racing through the score and I've said the complete wrong score of the game, which is hilarious. But again, not done on purpose. You know, it's an accident. But either way. The Raptors find themselves as winners as they beat the Bucks. Not once this week, but twice. The Raptors have won back-to-back -back games against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Raptors are one game below 500 with a 110 to 96 victory. Norman Powell leading the way with 29 points. Pascal Siakam helping him out with 27. Giannis fouls out with 23 points. And your boy Chris Middleton wasn't doing too much in this game. Middleton with 13 points as the Bucks lose their fifth straight game. But forget about the Bucks. We're here talking about the Raptors because I know Raptors fans are hype right now. 
And why are they hyped? Because they beat their arch rivals, the Milwaukee Bucks, two games in a row to now sit one game under 500. That's been the number the Raptors have been staring at for a while now. And they get their chance to get back over that hump to get to that 500 mark in a revenge game against the Minnesota Timberwolves after a very disappointing loss on Monday. How often do you get a chance at this point to seek revenge so quickly against a Western Conference team in a game that you should have won? Well, the Raptors have that chance tonight as they try to win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, 110 to 96. Huge shout to everyone who tuned into this podcast. Appreciate the comments. Whether you were on the Twitch stream at On Blast Podcast, you were on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram or Facebook at Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys with your comments and questions. I tried to get to most of them if I can, but just know if you go to YouTube or you go to Twitch, those comments last forever. So the conversation starts. But it continues 24-7 until the next game. Because I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without you guys sending in your comments and questions. That's why we're here for nights like this when the Raptors come up with big time wins. We can talk and everybody has a voice on this, the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Raptors post-game show there is. And in case you ever miss the pod, don't worry, we got you covered because you get this podcast wherever you get your pods, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or again on YouTube. If you ever want to support the pod, all you got to do is just like, subscribe, tell your friends, hit that share button, hit that like button. That's how you spread the word. That is this, the Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Shell Alexander. Follow me on all the socials, on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander, and of course, again, on YouTube, Sheldon Alexander as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as I always say, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. See ya!